You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Kings. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new week of a lot of NBA action coming up for the Kings and other teams around the NBA. I'm your host, Jason Ross, here on Locked On Kings. And we want to encourage you to check out the entirety of the Locked On Network today, Monday, perfect NFL Reaction Day. So you can check in on Locked On Raiders with Bill Williamson. Of course, the Raiders were off this week, but they get ready for their game next week in Mexico City. And check out John Lund on Locked On 49ers. Actually played pretty well. Close call in Arizona, but still ultimately ultimately a loss. But get all the latest details of what's going on with the 49ers and the Raiders and the entirety of the Locked On NFL Network as you can check all that out. Of course, all the NBA teams as well. All right, so the Kings week ahead is a busy one. But before we kind of check into the week ahead, let's take one more check back at what happened over the weekend. Since our last podcast, which was Friday, Kings played on Friday night. And they battled the Blazers in Portland. And it's amazing how much this game reminded me of the game that they played in Toronto. The Kings had played four games on that five-game road trip a little over a week ago. They got blown out, just blitzed by Milwaukee. Nothing. There were no signs of the team winning the fifth game of that trip against the best team, second night of a back-to-back, fourth game in five nights, all the earmarks of a loss, and the Kings won that game in Toronto. So I felt like that was similar of what was going to go on Friday in Portland. Kings played great in the first half, or very well in the first half against the Lakers, Thursday night, national televised audience, and then had a total home meltdown and lost to the Lakers. Uh, the Blazers were waiting for them. They were an angry team coming off an embarrassing loss, and I thought the Kings were in big-time trouble. But I think Sacramento played one of their better games of the year, specifically offensively, and part of the reason why they just got contributions from a lot more players um, looking back at that game and kind of our game recap, Kings ended up losing it in overtime. A couple things went right, though, as we mentioned, in which 33 from Cousins, 29 and 14 from Rudy Gay. His strong start continues. They got an, a bonus 10 from Costa Kufis, 15 from Aaron Aflalo, and then Darren Collison came off the bench and scored 20 points. And so there were there were a lot of things to like, but again, ultimately, in the end of the game, You need to get a win. The Kings fell a little bit short, and here's how it kind of played out the other night in Portland. Rudy now in three-point range in rhythm straight away. He's got the triple, and the Kings take the lead at 71-68. 6.50 to go in the third quarter. Here's Lillard. He put three, and he hits it. Oh, my goodness. Is he feeling it? You better believe it. Damian Lillard from way downtown on the left angle makes it 79-76. In favor of Portland. Lillard now drives in between defenders. Spins it up. No good. Tip Plumley is missed. Rebound gathered by Rudy Gay. Leads it out to Collison. Streaks up the floor. Dumps to Cousins. Steps into three. He's got the triple. Hang on, Kings fans. It's a two-point game with 31.7 to go. Lillard gets it back. Smothered by two defenders. Gives it up to McCollum. Three on the clock. Two on the way. He scores the basket. It's 119-118. Portland regains the lead. McCollum knocking it down off the dribble now has 31 points. Here's the lob into Rudy. Rudy's on the right wing in two-point range. Rudy now faces up. Three seconds, two seconds. Spins for the fall away to tie it. Off the iron, no good. The Portland Trailblazers continue their magic against the Kings in Rip City. The final score is 122 to 120 in overtime. 
Rudy had a pretty good look on the fall away Jay from the right angle close to the baseline. It rimmed out and time expired. Blazers get the win. They've now won seven straight against the Kings. So the other things that stood out from the game on Friday night, late game execution. The Kings did a pretty good job of, well, first of all, they built a lead with about six minutes to go of about seven points. You're thinking, are they going to hang on and really be the good Portland team? Then they completely blew the lead and had to do their own comeback, which they did a great job of that in regulation, forced Lillard into a rough shot to end regulation. Then the last three offensive looks the Kings had in overtime were kind of progressively getting worse. The first one, out of a timeout, designed, coming off a screen, ball movement, Rudy Gay, foul line jumper. He missed it, but that, that's a shot you can live with. It was a good look. Rudy can normally make that. Got to a sweet spot, just missed a pull-up jumper, got it over the defender at the foul line, missed it. The next time, Kings got a forced three from DeMarcus. He was trying to get the foul, but a wing three, his best spot to shoot a three is up top. Can he make it? Sure, but... DeMarcus was already dominating the game. You would have liked to see him get inside. Then the Kings got another look at it because the ball went out of bounds off the Blazers. And then Rudy got an inbound, and instead of backing down the defender, had to almost retreat, spun away, did a fadeaway jumper, and that was the highlight you heard there to close that collage. So Sacramento ended up not having the best late-game execution. They lost the game 122-120 to in overtime in Portland. And afterwards, Darren Collison, who played almost 38 minutes, and as we mentioned, had 20 points, I think it was five rebounds, four assists. Here was uh, Darren talking after the game. You know what I mean? We needed a few more stops, but, um, you know, still had a chance to win the game, you know, especially down the stretch. You know, I thought we did a little better job of executing. You know what I mean? We just needed to make just about one more play down the stretch to win that game, and um, we kind of let that one slip away from us, but, you know, we can't let that happen again. Completely different story than last night. You guys get down early. You guys are the ones that come back and, and force an overtime. Uh, what does it tell you kind of about your guys' bounce-back ability, I guess? Again, you know, we can play with anybody. It's whether we want to put our mind to it or not. You know, we want to be a little bit more consistent at playing hard every single night. You know, we don't want to be inconsistent, you know, sometimes showing up, sometimes not showing up. Um, but, you know, this is a very tough team to play at at home. And, you know, we show that we can play with anybody. So, you know, we just got to stay with it, you know, stay with a mental toughness and continue to play consistent and have consistent effort. Darren, you played a lot of minutes tonight, third game back. How do you just feel having logged that many minutes? <laughs> well, I, I'll never, I'll never complain playing that many minutes, but um, definitely need, you know, some games under me still. You know what I mean? They try to get my rhythm and timing back. Um, today was a little better, but you know, you can never just ease into this thing. You know, especially when everybody has a rhythm. They've been played, you know, eight more games than me, so you know, it's coming along pretty well. When you guys were down that fourth quarter, and then. Uh, Cuff hits the three, and you guys tie it. What did you guys do? How did you guys kind of stay together and stay in that to win? Uh, I think our ball movement was a little better, you know, towards um, the beginning of the fourth quarter all the way to the end, and then got a little bit stagnant. But, you know, Dame and CJ hit some tough shots, and, you know, when they're hitting out there, you know, you got your hands up, you know, there's only so much you can do. So, you know, like I said, we just needed one more stop, you know what I mean, to come our way, and we would have had this game. Well, no big surprise on my takeaway from what Darren Collison had to say. I, I, if anybody has heard me on the radio or for years covering this team, 20-plus years, I never really get caught up in who starts and who doesn't. But I'm a proponent for Darren Collison starting. I think it's time. He's got his legs under him. He's played two good games, one bad game. But it just has a different look with him in the mix with the starters. I, I think there needs to be a serious threat, a third-scoring threat, I think Aflalo does it sometimes. Costa does it sometimes. 
off the bench. Some of the guys do it sometimes, but I think Collison will be the third consistent scorer this team has. He runs the team very well. Uh, Ty Lawson gets in the paint well, but doesn't look to finish. Darren Collison uses that speed, gets to the paint, and looks to challenge. He's a little bit uh, more of a consistent and confident shooter, and I just feel the time is now. It's not that it would be awful if he came off the bench. Again, it doesn't matter who's... He played more minutes, way more minutes than Ty Lawson, but I just think it's... I think it's ready. I mean, I think... You know, if you're going to say the argument is who, it doesn't matter who starts, well, then bring DeMarcus off the bench. Bring Rudy off the bench. Why don't they? Because they're your best players. Well, I think Darren Collison is your best point guard. So that's my thought. Keep him in the starters. Put him with Rudy. Put him with DeMarcus. That might open up even more things for them, more things for him. And I think the time is now. I think it's time to do it as they had some time to get ready for the next game, which is Wednesday. And I think Collison will be ready to roll. All right. Also, let's go ahead and hear from... Uh, Coach Yeager, what he had to say with the media Friday after the loss in Portland. I thought we played really hard. Uh, I'm really proud of our guys playing 11 games in 17 nights. We were running on fumes. So uh, a couple shots go down. Maybe the outcome's a little bit different. But, you know, how hard we fought was uh, was just fantastic. The, uh, you know, difference in the game, maybe uh, our turnovers were very catastrophic. Uh, they t- we turned it over 15 times, but they scored 25 times on the They get out and they, you know, spread the floor and hit threes in transition. That got them going early. Uh, you know, their two, point, two guards are just fantastic and uh, other guys play off of them I thought you know Rudy and DeMarcus were equally as fantastic tonight so uh, the spirit that we played with and how hard we played you know it was just absolutely fantastic. Now your rotations were different and you might expect that on the second night of a back-to-back but how much of that is just you still getting familiar with your team and how you want to rotate it? Uh, you know, it's it can be difficult on guys, but you just have to be ready to play. I think I've proven that I'll you know put you in at any game, and different groups of guys will finish different games in different situations. And uh, whoever's you know playing well around Rudy and Demarcus try to do a good job of playing one or the other on the court all the time, so we have some uh, so we have some scoring. And you, uh, way Garrett came in late in the third, and then you went the rest of the way with him. What did you see from him in, in that? That's true. Well, he was fantastic. I thought he did a great job on C.J. McCollum. Uh, I know the kid ended up with 31, but I thought what he did and it kind of took away a lot of his uh, a lot of his stuff. It was you know Lillard and uh, you know got going and uh, you know some crazy plays at the end, and then it was a fun basketball game. I think. The minutes Darren played uh, back to uh, this game tonight. Did, were you expecting going in to ride him like that or is it just a matter of the way the game unfolded? Well, just, just the way that the, the game goes. You know, he gives us some scoring with certain groups that struggle to score. And, uh, you know, this was going to be a kind of a faster-paced game. It was hard for us to get hunkered in on defense and, you know, I thought we were going to give up 80 points uh, in the first half. But what is proving to be with our group is that they're becoming resilient. They're being able to take a hit, take a punch, stay with guys, stay with teams, and, you uh, and, and keep battling. I don't think they expected that from us tonight, uh, that we didn't go away. I knew that they would play well. We talked about it before the game. They would come out fire, and they did. seemed like they shot 70% for a long time, uh, but we didn't go away, and uh, we just kept plugging away, and, uh, you know, that that's a good quality to have in a team. If there's one thing that's been noticeable in the last two games is just DeMarcus's composure, maybe a little bit in adversity, and it was a very physical game to start. What have you noticed from him? I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> I'm not getting fined here either Um, because I I failed to mention it last night. It does appear that he is getting hit a lot. 
And for the guy, he has kept his head down and just gone on to play the next play. I'm really, really proud of him. You know, I'm lobby and try to get you know calls and this. I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying the way he's conducting himself and handling his business, he draws a lot of contact because he's a physical player. You know, and uh, he's playing for the next play. He's been supportive. Uh, I can't say enough good things about you know because we're going to look back and, and we'll do this all week. I'm sure you know during we have time to practice and talk about stuff with the media. But we look back on these 11 games. He has been absolutely engaged, uh, very positive and supportive of his teammates. Rudy Gay has been absolutely all in. He's been fantastic. I know this is the stuff of radio talk shows, but you know since you brought it up, it's a good it's a good point. You know what I mean? Like the guys are they're playing hard, they're playing together, and the chemistry is good. They're trying to help each other. But those two those two guys being really engaged and focused mentally is a big plus for us. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Well, a couple of things from the coach uh, talked about a big plus with Rudy and Demarcus when they play well. Well, they did. They both played really, really well. Uh, he he definitely wanted to bring that up about uh, you know Demarcus playing through fouls, playing together, being a good teammate. It's stuff I've mentioned, stuff I've wondered about, stuff I've questioned. But um, you know, he it's going to happen to him. The Blazers, Myers Leonard, and Demarcus Cousins got into it. Did it really affect the game? I don't think so. I don't think in this case. But Cousins did get his fourth technical. Still has a ways to go, but we have a long season ahead before we can get to that 16th technical threshold. Uh, the other thing the coach brought up that I do definitely agree with, he said he likes how his team isn't going away. And I think there were a couple of different times where Portland did give him their best shot, had an uh, early lead, and you're like, well, the Kings aren't just going to have enough. And every time you kept looking at the score, like, wow, Sacramento's within two possessions, within one possession. Then they got the lead, and I thought the Kings did a lot of good things Saturday night. Uh, in Portland so the late game situ- situations were kind of a question mark some of the um, you know kind of some of the overall numbers though I think bear that out as far as they they had their opportunities and the stats I think there was one of their better offensive games but it's too bad they didn't get the reward and now as they get ready for the week ahead which is brutal I mean it really is a tough stretch coming up as uh, they get going with their next game on Wednesday Matt Barnes who continues to come off the bench he wanted to discuss that most recently at practice, talked about getting through that 11-game stretch in 17 days. You know, obviously could have did better. Um, it is what it is, uh, four and seven. We got a tough stretch out of the way, but we got a, you know, another tough stretch at home. So, you know, we just got to continue to learn on the fly, um, you know, stay tight as a unit, and uh, things will turn. How difficult is it to stay tight as a unit since you guys have just got together? Uh, you know, it's tough because, you know, like we just, you know, guys are you know worried about minutes and different things and you know at the end of the day it's about the team so we have to stay tight as a unit um, in that aspect um, continue to help each other and uh, like I said things will start to turn yeah like I said I, I think we could definitely have a better record than we have um, we got to continue to try to play 48 minute games I think we play you know 36 minute games 40 minute games sometimes and you know relinquish those leads at the end but um, you know we can very easily have eight or nine wins right now but it's a learning experience half these guys are new with the new coaching staff so over time it's going to start to you know take place when you had the schedule being the way it was and no practice time and now you guys don't play again until Wednesday I I imagine that's not even ideal because you kind of want to have some sort of there's no balance you know what I mean so uh it is what it is. You know, right now it is really more, you know, physical rest, but also mental rest. You know, we've, we've had a draining schedule up to this point with all the traveling and back-to-backs and craziness. Um, you know, right now so we got, you know, four days at home to, to rest, and then we got, what, the Clippers, San Antonio, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's basketball. we got to be ready for it. You guys really had a, a 
homestand yet. What, what can you get out of the next sort of five games? Uh, it's just always good to be home, you know, sleep in your own bed. Uh, you know, it, it's a normal schedule, normal routine. Uh, you know, you stay in the same time zone, so hopefully kind of develop some sort of routine. But like I said, at the same time, we're playing, you know, three out of the top five teams in the West. So, uh, you know, there's there's no nights off. Do you feel like given the fact that you guys are playing in a new building, you're still kind of trying to establish a little bit of home court advantage? Uh, I mean, I just think we're trying to establish an identity more than a home court advantage. I think our fans have been great. You know, every, every game has been a sellout here. Um, we want to continue to improve, you know, for ourselves, but also for them, you know, also for the city. So it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, I think we're, gonna, we're heading in the right direction. Now, the last part, I completely agree with as well, what Matt Barnes had to say. It's not so much about establishing a home court right now. It's about establishing an identity. And I agree with that 100%. And I'm not expecting the Kings to have it now and 100% figured out, but they got to start tracking that. And so what what is going to be the benchmark of the Sacramento Kings? If I asked you listeners out there, what would you identify now? I know that Coach Yeager wants them to be more of a defensive team. I, I don't think they're there. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be either. But in the past, you know, last year, some of the things that we there were there were clearly things you could identify with the Kings a year ago, good or bad. But they wanted to have pace. They really moved the ball. Uh, Rondo and Cousins were primarily in control of a lot of the things offensively. But they they had a they had a pretty high octane offense, and they scored a lot. Now on the downside, they didn't defend very well at all, and didn't get enough wins. So, but there there seemed to be kind of a path of what George Carl wanted to do. And I think what Coach Yeager wants to do is completely different, and it's going to take some time on that end. But I think they still need to try to get that identity, identify the roles of all the role players. This team is 12 deep, and there are going to be two, three, four guys some nights that don't play that probably should or could play. And that's difficult. So it's it's getting roles identified, getting teams' identity clarified, and they're they're just not there yet. And again, it's still early, early in the season. All right, up next, let's also hear from Coach Yeager some of his thoughts uh, just recently at practice on also on that pretty daunting schedule that they've just gone through. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. You know, uh, four back-to-backs in that group, you know, it's a lot of games in a short amount of time. So sometimes you can um, you can lose your way a little bit on the little things, the little details of uh, of running special situations and low clock situations and, and those kinds of things. So that's that's what we try to brush up on today without going live. Uh, get some shots, did some running, uh, more mental than anything. And uh, tomorrow, then you know you ramp it up a little bit. Uh, two days out from a game and, and make you know try to get your timing right. And then Tuesday, you know we'll certainly play live again, but uh, you know not as long. Are you going to add more of your playbook in over this stretch or keep it simple? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, you know, we've we've added some stuff on the fly. And now we got to probably got to get a little bit better at it, and just need the reps and 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 work through it. So that's again what we're trying to do today. What are you most pleased about just coming out of that stretch? That we're healthy. <laughs> you look at the stretch in front of you. Uh, I mean, you send like a, a thank you card to the NBA for this schedule. This is brutal. Yeah, I didn't really realize it. I mean, obviously, should I know what the whole schedule is? Yeah, I probably should. But I was so locked in on just getting through the 11 games and 17 nights that after about game eight or nine, I was like, okay, well, it's you know, time to look a little further. Mercy. That's what my mother would say. Mercy, David. That's a, that's a tough schedule. So, all right, you know what? We're at home, and uh, we'll go out and, and compete. And, uh, you know, a couple things that we wanted to do this year. You know, we wanted to be, uh, we wanted to be better on the second night of a back-to-back after a loss. You know what I mean? Like, 
that's like a playoff game. You lose the first one, you want to try to go get the second one. We want to be better defensively, and we want to be better at home. So, you know, we we'll see if we can knock off some of these some of these teams and, uh, you know, get ourselves a little bit of momentum. But uh, it is a, it's a tough schedule. But the West is tough. All right, the last thing that Coach said there I want to piggyback off on uh, where he talked about three things they've really wanted to establish so far this year. First one he talked about was being better on the second night's of a back-to-back, specifically after a loss. All right, well, that's happened three times this year already. Atlanta and then Miami were back-to-back. That one, I almost feel like they were about the same in Atlanta as they were in Miami. They battled. They had their chances in Miami, lost that game. Second one, clearly better. I think Milwaukee still has the worst game of the year. The next night, fourth game in five nights in Toronto, the team not only competed, they played a very good team, and they won. So check mark there. And then this most recent one, it kind of addressed earlier, the loss at home to L.A., that was bad. But then to bounce back, play really well against a playoff team in Portland, a place where for, traditionally the Sacramento Kings for 30-plus years in the capital city, they just haven't won a lot in Portland. And even better teams than certainly the one that's constructed now. But I think they, they're doing that. I think that's that's something that you know Coach mentioned earlier, that this team doesn't go away, that they do compete, they do battle. And that, to me, is encouraging all that to be said, encouraging is, only goes so far, right? You you want signs, you want good things to happen, but at some point, it all goes back to the simple stat. You're you're based on what your record is, and the Kings have had some opportunities to get a couple more wins, and we would think completely differently about them if they had it. His second point was he wants this team to be better defensively. Um, I I think there's there's moments. I think a little bit of it is a byproduct of how they're playing. They're playing a little bit slower. They're being a little bit more precise and less free-flowing in their offense. So I think that's dipping turnovers down, which I I think is a good thing and a good idea, specifically the way this team is constructed. And it's also helping the overall defense. So with that happening, I would say their defense is better. I mean, I think last year it just became too much of a free-for-all. If you were playing daily fantasy basketball, you are playing anybody that played the Sacramento Kings. The Kings were going to score, but they were going to give up points. Now... um, they're they're much better as far as the stats say it they're 15th in the league in points allowed so that's improvement but they're 24th in field goal percentage allowed so teams are still getting the shots they want maybe there's just less of them so I think you got to see all the numbers but I, I would say by and large the defense is better but there are areas that still can get better rebounding is the end of defense I don't think the Kings have been great in that um, and then you know defending the three at times I think has hurt them a little bit and just three-point differential, which is was the killer the other night in Portland. And then the last thing the coach talked about that they're trying to work on is being better at home. And so far, they've had four games, and they're 2-2. Two and two. And if we even look at those in a kind of just a small capsule, the game against San Antonio, I, I really like the way they played. They lost to a really good team. The Minnesota game, they won. That's what's important. But remember, they had to come from 18 down to win that game. I almost feel like that one was balanced with the 19-point lead they had against the Lakers that they blew. So two kind of weird nights. One helped them, one hurt them. And then the other one, New Orleans, they took care of a team that was playing the second night of a back-to-back that hadn't won, that wasn't healthy. They did exactly what they needed to do there. So um, are they better at home right now? No, not yet. But here's what's coming up. And this is where you could change your opinion on them on what they look like at home or kind of just stay down that same path. San Antonio, the Clippers, Toronto, OKC, and Houston. I love playing at home. I think it's always encouraging. 
But when you get a homestand like that with five playoff teams, five teams that are better than the Kings, it's safe and fair to say that. But you're at home, and you always have a chance to win at home. Just you know, Is it going to be more games like the first time they played San Antonio, where you say, well, they played really well against a good team. If you do that all five times and you're 0 for 5, that, that doesn't make anybody feel any better. So there's got to be some rewards on this homestand. I hope for a couple of them. And you know, over the week, we will obviously uh, break down and look ahead to the uh, week ahead of games. But that's what Coach was talking about, and we'll see how all those three aspects get looked at as the season moves on. A couple other notes want to pass your way. Uh, yesterday was the first game for the Reno Bighorns. They did lose uh, 112-103, to but checking in on the rookies that were sent down to Reno, the three uh, first-round picks. Papianis had 15 points, four rebounds, and two blocks. Scalabissier had nine points, 11 rebounds, and an assist. Malachi Richardson was the top scorer for at least the Kings rookies. He had 22 points. He also had seven rebounds, 11 of 16 from the foul line. So Malachi had a nice game. And a couple of guys that were in camp, Isaiah Cousins, 14 points, six boards, two assists. Lamar Patterson, who was in camp as well, and he led the Reno Bighorns with 23 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. So you're kind of caught up on what's going on with those guys from Reno. But as far as the Kings go, they'll have another day of practice today. They'll get ready again uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, back at it when they'll take on the very talented San Antonio Spurs. Again, follow us on Google Play, iTunes. Give us ratings and reviews there. Um, Also, Stitcher and Audio Boom. Send me comments or questions if you'd like for our Friday mailbag on Twitter at JasonRoss1140 or uh, my email, Jason.Ross at CBSRadio.com. Thank you so much for listening to our Locked on Kings podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with another edition. I'm Jason Ross. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls. Plus, one day only, tomorrow, take 50% off all Old Navy active at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Active offer 1020 excludes in-store clearance.